This fantasy football top 10 running backs edition of the sports gambling podcast is brought to you by bird dog shorts dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti style tumbler. When you order over at birddogs.com slash pool, that's birddogs.com slash pool dog. We're also brought to you by Circus Sports. The Circa Million and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contests are back. Play today for your share of 14 million in guaranteed prizes. You won't want to miss out. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit circusports.com for details. Everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean, second the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan. Real money, Kramer. What's happening, Kramer? Dog. Run the damn ball, Sean. Run the damn ball. Establish the run. Pound the rock. Whatever you want to call it. We're talking running backs. We just right. knocked out uh, yeah, yesterday's episode. We just knocked out the uh, our, our top ten fantasy football quarterbacks with plenty of uh, hot, spicy takes in there for people. Sean, there's a young person outside the studio watching us right now, and that, by the time they are <laughs> old enough, the running back position may yeah. be eliminated from the NFL. So but, he is. I can see his dad laughing. Yes. He's like, I remember back in my day, we used to pound the rock. We used to fire that pigskin across yeah. the goal line. This kid's growing up in the run and shoot offense, dome football. Probably big Steph Curry guy like the three ball. You probably only get fifteen carries a game. That's how you <laughs> insulted your friends at school. Yeah, I mean, gone are the days of the bell cow back. Although we have a couple here, yes. I think that still fit that bell cow role. We're going to be breaking down all uh, top ten fantasy football running backs. Ryan, Sean, we need a cow sound effect. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. well we. <laughs> Now you're now you're really now now you scared the kid we, away. We He's got, like, we, we got the we lunch got a, crowd we got a, at the we conference. We got a we got a forty year old guy mooing in the studio. <laughs> We're gonna just keep uh, keep moving along here. That was Austin Eckler. I appreciate him providing that sound drop. <laughs> Thank you, Austin. Uh, feel free if anyone listens to the show, please cut uh, Ryan mooing because that that is just an all time <laughs> drop. You know what? It's all time, Ryan. One, we're in Vegas yes. at the Blue Wire Studio. The NFL theme song is coursing through our veins because we're talking about football in the summer. And when I when I talk about football in the summer, Ryan, get a little hot. Get a little fired up, but uh, you know, but fortunately, I'm rocking these bird dog shorts. Been rocking them. Uh, these oh, things just never come off. I look mean, look, look at, at this. that. Look at that tan. Look, show maybe they show the legs a little bit. Oh yes. <laughs> love these bird dog shorts. youtubecom podcast to see me model them. I just love these shorts. They're honestly, I, I, the fact that we are getting compensated to talk about. These amazing shorts. I'd be, I, right. Hopefully they're not listening because I'd be telling people about bird dog shorts for free in my personal life. And of course, if you want the free Yeti style cooler, you go to birddogs.com slash pool, birddogs.com slash pool. You won't want to take these shorts off. And I actually have it. Uh, you'll be seen. I'll be wearing these pair of shorts every day through these fantasy football ep- episodes, birddogs.com slash pool. All right, Kramer, let's do it. And uh, if you haven't caught up with the uh, quarterback episode, we are starting from number one because it's 
it's kind of more fun to go from one to yeah. 10 and then see who we leave off. Those are where the spicier takes happen. It feels like number one, two, although we'll and, see. And also we, we are, we did um, classify both Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson as quarterbacks this year. So they're yes. in the quarterback yes. episode. Yeah. So if you're looking for them in the running backs, <laughs> so, so, sorry, not sorry. Who was it that called uh, Lamar a, a running back? Was uh, that? Well, it was probably just some some random scout, right? No, I. Oh, it was uh, it was Bill Polian, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's a random scout at this point. <laughs> he's ESPN's head head of scouting. Head of scouting. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I guess. Well, do you want to start? Who is? I assume your number one. I'm, there's no way you found a, a, a way to put Rashad Penny <laughs> or Trey Sermon, right? De, DeAndre Swift. Do they have like a like a mega like is there a name when they all combine like I mean a, I want to put Boston Scott in there uh, just Prime. as the just as the ultimate troll but no no Eagles running backs made this list breaking news I'm sure everyone was expecting oh. to me to uh, put in a DeAndre Swift Rashad Penny oh Jalen Hurts also covered in the quarterback episode yes in case uh, because, you were wondering well Ryan again he is a high level quarterback uh, played at a really high level in the Super Bowl unfortunately these fucking jabron uh field crew out in Arizona but wow okay so we're we're now months removed from the incident and we're just fully blaming the grass uh, that didn't help okay. no, that didn't help got the it. pass rush couldn't get to uh Patrick Mahomes the league is out to get us got it don't worry that's why we have next season AK 2023 I'll kick it off kick it off Christian McCaffrey I, I, I Christian McCaffrey I know it's McCaffrey chalky. or McCaffrey McCaffrey's yeah. uh, as they say <laughs> in the Philly area, he led all running backs in uh, fantasy points scored from week eight to 17 okay. AKA when they didn't have a quarterback, AKA they still don't have <laughs> a quarterback as much as Sam this Darnold. is a compliment to the 49ers organization. It's also an insult to their quarterback. Again, it, 20 touches per game. And we, ha oh, we didn't even address Ryan Our it didn't really matter, I guess, for the quarterback episode, but these are full point PPR rankings. Yes. Um, 20 points per game, 76% average snap share in non blowout games. He's just a guy that is going to be on the field all the time. Yeah. He, I mean, is there a world where he leads the team in receptions as well? I think that's certainly possible. I, Christian I McCaffrey that question. is just going to have a massive year and they still play on a real grass out there. So breaking news, I'm not projecting Christian McCaffrey mm. to have a season ending injury this season. So I'm high on Christian McCaffrey. I will say what stood out to me is the fact that he, so looking at like a charting of his targets, he did have, so he, I, I basically met anytime someone had less than four targets. So one, two, three, I, I just mark it as a, a dud game. And anytime you have more than six, uh, five, I mark it as a good game. Cause obviously averaging six, uh, six targets a game is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Christian McCaffrey actually had three of his last five games. He had uh, three or fewer targets. Hmm. Now, now he we, made up. Are those for, including playoff games? No, no. I'm I'm doing regular season okay. only because of course we're talking about yeah. regular season here. So the 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 issue I have is that he made he made up for that with the running game. Yeah. I, I do wonder though, uh, and it gave me enough pause. Now, obviously, with the well, current right. ADP, Christian yeah. McCaffrey is someone you're probably having to take with the top three or four picks. I I, I decided I I'm fine with. I decided to get a little spicy. Okay, I'm here for it. And I and I because I, I I here are the two things I charted with all running backs. 
targets with the metrics I told you, basically boom, bust kind of thing. And then points, boom, bust, similar to how I did with quarterbacks. Now, I understand McCaffrey was on two teams last year, yes. but if you look at his uh, his portfolio, nine boom games, two bust games. Okay. Pretty solid. Austin Eckler, 10 boom games, one bust game. So you have Austin Eckler as your number In one. In a contract year, a guy who is very self-aware, very aware of fantasy football, very aware like of that. the value in the catch. Again, Christian McCaffrey did not lead the league in targets last year at the running back position. It was Austin Eckler, and he he led by 19 total targets, averaged almost a full target more per game, seven and a half versus Christian McCaffrey's six and a half. To me, that's the tiebreaker. See, I don't have. And you I, know what else? The second tiebreaker. I know San Francisco has a hell of an offense. I know they're going to score some points, but I don't know how you can su- suggest that their offense is going to be better and score more points than the Chargers, both because of the situations they'll be in and the style of offenses they play. To me, Austin Eckler has the ultimate highest touchdown ceiling and pass catching ceiling. He obviously is one of the few guys who could hit a hundred catches. He could also lead the league in touchdowns to me. Austin Eckler, clear. Number one, I really? have a tremendous, okay. I, I, I respect right, the take not clear number one, but uh, to me, I I'd rather have Eckler this season. I think the quarterback you're right to think that the quarterback variance helps Christian McCaffrey, but, uh, but you do like he threw a pass in the uh, playoff game. Running back points <laughs> do tend to, to correlate to the offensive success. And so the top, like, I, I think, I think Christian McCaffrey, you could say is an exception because you saw him have insane sure. workload, insane fantasy points, even on shitty Carolina Panthers team. Ryan, I have Austin Eckler way farther down than you. Well, yeah, it's, uh, I not, no, I guess not way. He's not in my top five. Do you want me to reveal where I have Austin Eckler? No, we can talk, or should we, we save, can it? save it, but okay. I, and I'll save my counterpoints for when we get there to me though. Again, not not. I'm going to show you my laptop here. Not a lot of not a lot of red in the no. Austin Eckler row. But I, you're I, you're looking in the past. I got I got. A, I'm looking forward. I got a windshield view of this uh, Chargers team, and uh, yeah, I'll, we'll save it. Who's your number? Who? Uh, I'll go. Actually, I'll just go with my number two. The big dog himself. Oh, I like this. The big dog is still going to eat. Yes, even in full point PPR. Shove it up your ass. Uh, you know, millennials with your uh, pass catching. Hey, running Sean, backs. you want to play a uh, super flex uh, <laughs> one and a half point PPR league this year? Really brings everyone into play. It's all about giving equal opportunity. <laughs> Derrick Henry, come on! I mean, even last year, which you could kind of say is a down year by Derrick Henry's standards, he still had fifteen hundred thirty-eight yards. He still had thirteen touchdowns. He he actually had a career high in receptions. I know I just made fun of pass catching uh, running backs, but he had thirty-three catches. Uh, he had three hundred forty-nine yards, or sorry, three hundred forty-nine attempts. And I know what you're saying, like, oh, when he has three hundred attempts, you know, he's going to get hurt the next year. Not necessarily. He had. 303 in 219, uh, or sorry, in 2019, 378. Uh, the following year in 2020, I I know he's getting up there in age, but I still think there's one big year left for the big dog, Derrick Henry. And I think it could be this year. I think everyone's sleeping on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know, you could argue somewhat 
somewhat uh, rightly slu- rightly so. But I, I think they're uh, looking at the Titans in the eyes and making those determinations. He's just going to get an insane amount of touches. Again, no competition at the running back spot. They they haven't done. It's just like him and Chig uh, in the in the red zone area. Like what else are we? It's got to be. Uh, we might be too close to the situation. Daniel. Sean, we might be a little too close what, to the, with Chig or Derek Henry. Uh, just in, in general, our our strange love of the of the some of the teams in the uh, <laughs> AFC South. Uh, look, I, I will. I almost gave out. I was on Veasan last night. Shout out to our boy Hoops Peterson. But I almost gave out uh, Houston Texans to win the division. Then I had a moment of clarity and remember how hard they burned us last year. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this. Not falling for the Texans trap. Oh, don't worry. Who's I'll be, your number I'll be, two? Clarity. I'll be out there. Yeah, you can carry that. Uh, my, my number two was Christian McCaffrey. Okay. And a lot of the same, the only thing I would add uh, to what you said is I, like, like I said, I think the ultimate tiebreaker for me was the, the pass game work that I don't, I think you can make an argument that Eckler loses volume and targets because the, the we're going to start playing downfield more. I also think you argue that that also opens up a lot of space for him to operate uh, with McCaffrey. It's simply like the tiebreaker. Like I mentioned, I, I, I think I, it's hard for me to see a world where the offense doesn't take a step back, at least for periods of time during the season. So maybe McCaffrey starts slow. Maybe McCaffrey it turns into a bull down the stretch when the Niners are fully healthy, as Shanahan predicts. <laughs> well, luckily they don't have to play the Eagles week one because, as they mentioned, <laughs> that they might not be fully healthy and that might hurt them. But, but that that did stand out to me the way that he was with Brock. So if you think if you're a Brock Purdy guy. Brock Purdy plus Christian McCaffrey meant more in the running game, less in the passing game, which ultimately limits the ceiling. So that's the, my number two, who's your number three, Sean, Jonathan Taylor. Wow. Where's this come from? I, I've just been kind We've of been doing best ball. Also, you've been hiding this bullet. I, you, you know what, Ryan, it, you're right. And again, part of becoming a great handicapper, oh, a great wow. fantasy football player is self scouting. And I was looking at the numbers using my model, AKA gut handicapping. And I was realizing I don't have enough shares of Jonathan Taylor. I, the, I, I know you're going to push back on it, but Shane Steichen, what they can do with a running quarterback again, no one's saying he's going to be the next Jalen hurts. Although some, I guess are saying that, but the stuff that you can do with a running quarterback, the opportunities you can create for the running back in that kind of offense with that read option stuff, I think is really tremendous. I, again, I think they're playing in a very soft AFC South. I think this is a, this is a contract year for Jonathan Taylor. Like if he wants running backs, Ryan, as you know, struggling to get paid, struggling to get their respect as as they claim they deserve. So, you know, everyone's, and also this is like a anti fantasy guy take. I feel like everyone and including myself for a little while is off on Jonathan Taylor. But again, like he, he's in a pretty decent spot. You, you can make a case against the offensive line, but man, I, I, I just think Jonathan Taylor is going to be involved in that offense in a massive way. Love Jonathan Taylor this year. So, so the case against Taylor uh, is he, he, he doesn't have like the potential of the offense being really bad and they're just not being enough red zone opportunity and touchdown opportunity for him to get there. Yeah. And again, I would say the offense wasn't that great in 2021. He had 1800 yards, 18 touchdowns, 106 and a half yards per game. I understand their, their offensive line was maybe a little bit better, but I think they can, he can get back 
to a, I think he's going to have 300 carries again. Like when, when we're talking about the guys to lead the league in rushing yards and stuff like that, it's so like, can they get to 300 carries? This is the, he's going to be good after he wasn't good. Yes. Like the post hype thing. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, d- definitely doesn't pop off the spreadsheet in terms of bust uh, boom games versus bust games had more bust than boom. And again, just four rushing touchdowns last year. I think that's um, going I can't to be tell a, you that's going to regress because I don't know how, how, I don't know if that offense is going to be traveling into the red zone a lot. Okay. Uh, again, I think you're, you're letting your Anthony Richardson and, and maybe their defense is so bad. They're in blowouts where he gets some garbage stuff. I, I just, the more I'm, the more I break down the, the, the market, uh, the more I'm high on Jonathan. If, if he comes out and start, like he had two games last year over uh, five targets, he had a seven target game and an eight target game. He had a lot of zero, a lot of ones. Yeah. If he comes out and we see that kind of usage in the past game, I'll, I'll, I mean, th- I'll be that, sad that, that Colts I was wrong. offense was a complete unmitigated disaster. That's fair. I mean, uh, Nick Foles, uh, you can, you can walk through like what they were trotting he, out. He there. scored 12.2 points per game on average and 146 overall. That was, he was outside the top 30 fantasy running back. No, I know. I, I, so, he had a bad year. He was yeah, banged up, missed a bunch of time. So let's say he regresses up, you know, uh, five points per game or three point. I, I, I hear the case. He's maybe a hot take. He's not in my top 10. And Sean, this is what's hmm. led me to have 0% ownership of Jonathan Taylor and best ball. All the drafts I've done, I've never gotten them because he, he goes at the very beginning of the second round. Yeah. When I'm, I'm either more likely to be taking a different running back or receivers. Jonathan so, Taylor is fifth in like expert consensus ranking. So you're, you're much lower. I'm slightly higher. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I'm be- I'm a little bit betting against that offense. All right. What number are we on? Uh, I get, uh, I've given out my top three. I don't think uh, we've heard right, number third. three for me. Very obvious, clearly playing this season, clearly. So the, <laughs> my thesis in general on these right when you're ranking these running backs is you have to have the pass game role to be ranked near the top for me, because I think that ultimately is what gives you the ceiling. And when you look at Barkley's game as uh, a season last year, um, he did have a handful of games where he had sub four targets, four of them, but he had more uh, boom target games and specifically down the stretch. Uh, he is in the, in the very top of the league in terms of targets uh, weeks, 13 through 17 with 29, only trailing uh, Christian McCaffrey and actually Leonard Fournette, which is pretty hilarious. And then when you pop over to the points, it's the same kind of story. Uh, boom potential, obviously there last season, even, uh, even during, uh, times when the offense was struggling early in the season, Barkley was still putting up points. And then when the offense shifted to more of a pass attack, he was still able to put out, uh, some boom games with a couple in weeks 15 and 16. So again, you rarely saw him fall flat on his face. Only three bus games last year. That's the same kind of caliber as you're getting with Eckler McCaffrey. You're just getting it later because People are now scared that he might hold out. What are we noticing? If there was abnormal behavior, like say one running back on the franchise tag was doing something than than the other one, then we should be worried. Yeah. But they're all doing the same thing. Are they all going to band together as a running back union and completely strike from the NFL? I I fully expect that at some point, John Mara pulls Barkley aside and says, look, you you're in New York. We'll make some connections. We'll get this money made up somewhere else. Uh, I, at the end of the day, I would bet, very decent money that Barkley does not miss any time this year. 
Okay. Does miss- not miss any time this year. So he started and- a lot like Le'Veon Bell. No, that's that's a horrible take. As we've interacted with Le'Veon Bell, very different people. I mean, Saquon Barkley is is a team first guy. So much so he doesn't want to throw put Daniel out, Jones under the bus. Doesn't he's no Patrick the, Mahomes. Doesn't want to put. He's never said that. <laughs> DJ's his guy. Never. Hey, he's never put out anything negative about the organization, what they're offering him. And and lastly, I'll, what I'll say is he may not be at the team activities, but he's at been at every single training session with his sand? teammates. Is he running in sand? with teammates? Dirt, sand, grass. He's doing all of it. All right. Would it would it shock you to to know that um, Saquon Barkley isn't? I don't. I, well, no, it wouldn't shock me because you don't take your your fantasy list serious. He is. He is in my top ten because you have to put him in there. I, and I did because you. He's have not. To put him he's in. not in the top five, but he's close. Uh, my number four, Nick Chubb. Hmm. It, no Kareem Hunt. Massive opportunity for him. Yes. I, I not huge Deshaun Watson fan, but it feels like even if you aren't a, a Deshaun Watson fan, their offense probably should be slightly better. Uh, just a huge workload opportunity. I don't know. Like Nick Chubb, he. It's just why why not Nick Chubb? This feels like a great year for him. Uh, coming off the career high rushing, thirteen touchdowns. I, I think he could get involved a little bit here in the passing game more. Um, yeah, I, I know Deshaun Watson creates some issues there for the offense overall, but I still really like Nick Chubb. Again, no competition. It's that rare, like you know, bell cow back situation. Feel free to uh, moo here, Ryan. But Nick Chubb, dude, runs super hard. Passes also, the eye test. Yeah, doesn't wear gloves. Real yeah. man. Like he's a throwback football player. He's the guy that every year falls in fantasy football because none of the young kids want to draft him in <laughs> in their dynasty league. I, I think you nailed it. Hunt being gone is huge. He he gets such a consistent workload. Um, I will say he, you know, he, he's starting to get down the list where you're going to have, uh, you know, you're, you're balancing out the bus games and the boom games. I do wonder how much of his bus games last year correlated to Deshaun Watson coming back and playing like complete dog shit yeah, and I, not running the offense. Because when you look at it, uh, four of his five bus games occurred with Watson out there. Yeah. And I'm will and the, and they happen to I, be that, that to me. It, it doesn't seem like that should be right. Like to me, that was more just Deshaun Watson didn't know how to run the offense, wasn't prepared and their whole offense submarined. I think as much as I don't think Deshaun Watson's an MVP candidate, I think he will be slightly better than he was last year. And again, just looking at Kareem hunt, 123 carries. I know they got some other guys on the roster, but that's, that's an insane workload. 123 carries 44 targets to Kareem hunt, a guy they liked. I think they, they felt good getting rid of Kareem Hunt because how much they love Nick Chubb and how much he's going to be a part of the offense. And we haven't touched on it a bunch, probably should have with Henry and Barkley with their 15 carries inside the five, but something else that stands out with Nick Chubb is uh, last year he received 70% of the team's carries inside the, the five and there were 12 of them. So again, any sort of positive offensive regression with Watson, which I'm not necessarily projecting a ton of, but I, I, I think you're, even just a slight amount, he was so bad. I, oh, I, you're, 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 I, I think you're crazy to not. So to me, Nick Chubb is the classic falls to the end of the second round, maybe even the start of the third round, because you got all these fucking kids wanting to draft their receivers early because that's the structure you have to follow, especially an underdog. And maybe this is some of that um, underdog uh, bias Bias. leaking in because especially in half point PPR, I think he's really being undervalued. 
Uh, well, it, again, but this it's, is it's, full point PPR rankings. Well, but in underdog is different because you have the th- uh, same with DraftKings and the best ball. You have the three receivers versus the the two running backs, which is what ultimately creates that that positional value. But yeah, so all right, I, I do have. We'll talk. I have a little, a couple, couple nuggets on Nick Chubb. We'll get to that a little bit later. I have them down the list. Uh, next up for me, number four. Yep. Again, theme. You got to be able to carry the passing workload. You got to be able to show me you've had the targets and or the offense uh, appears to be willing to give those types of targets to the running back position. Sean, this not a hot take based on ADP. Definitely a hot take based on where I thought I was going to be earlier in the process. I've started to acquire more of this guy in best ball. And I think he's one of the, he's on that short list of, you know, that magical number of five PPR point or five targets per game, which is like true bell cow in the passing game. I know there's some other people to feed here. Tyler Algier to be one, but Bijan Robinson, <laughs> the more that I think about it, the more like, so I, I am trying to accumulate as many teams in best ball as possible with Bijan Eckler Barkley two out of three when I'm drafting towards the end of the first round and with Bijan, the case four, and the reason I've had, I had to actually move him up was to make sure I could draft him. Cause he's going in many cases, he's going in the first round. So you have to get him at the end of the first round. And I project based on me grinding the shit out of OTA film, <laughs> listening to Arthur Smith talk. Yep. He, he very, very carefully calls Tyler Algier, his starting running back. And he calls Bijan Robinson a weapon. We hear how Bijan's lining up in the slot. Uh, Bijan and Tyler Algier, Bijan and Cordell slot. Patterson are on the field together. That tells me that they are going to use the fuck out of Bijan Robinson. And uh, especially when those defenses have to game plan for Kyle Pitts. All world Hall of Famer Kyle Pitts running down the seam. So, yeah, right? I, I, I stuck Bijan up here because I think he has the, he's one of the few guys on this list with Barkley, Eckler, McCaffrey who can average those five targets a game needed to really be that true elite back. Right. You mentioned Kyle Pitts oh. and Kyle Pitts is a great example of why Bijan Robinson is not on my top 10 fantasy football running backs list hmm. this year. And I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's going to be in the near future. We've just have a history of Arthur Smith drafting skill players in the top 10 and not getting top 10 fantasy performances out of them. We, we have a history of it. We've seen it with Kyle Pitts. We've seen it with Drake London. Why am I supposed to believe in Bijan Robinson? Who's supposed to be a fucking receiver when he's telling you Tyler Algier is his running back. Tyler Algier is the sneaky guy to draft it on the Falcons. I like both. I like both. I don't like Bijan Robinson as his ADP. I, I'm predicting Bijan Robinson is not going to be a top ten fantasy football running back, and unfortunately, I'm also predicting injury for Bijan Robinson. I know Whoa. you're not supposed to do that. He will have an injury. He will not finish the season. Ryan, lock it up. All right. I mean that that's certainly I, I first get, injury predicted. I, there's uh, just some guys you got to be out on. And for me, I'm, I'm rolling the dice here and I'm going to be out I'm, on Bijan Robinson. I'm passively out on him in that. Like my ranking probably has me missing him more than getting him. Cause I'm probably taking Eckler and Barkley more. That being said, I want to have bets on the Falcons. I think they could be a team that surprises people. And I have a feeling if they surprise people, it's because of Bijan Robinson. And I, again, it like pull up the data. There are not too many guys that average those five targets a game that don't end up being at the top of the list in terms of fantasy points per game. 
Yeah, funny enough, DeAndre Swift is one that stands out like a sore thumb. <laughs> Got the targets, couldn't get the uh, points. All right, for me, my number five fantasy football running back, Najee Harris. Woo! Is that hot? Yeah. I'll, all I do is spit hot takes, Ryan. I mean, again, he had 272 carries and 41 catches while dealing with a really bad foot injury that plagued him the entire series, the the entire season. I understand Jalen Warren maybe, you know, eating away at some of his fantasy work, but still Najee Harris is the goal line back. If you're high on the uh, Steelers offense, taking the, taking a step up, I think you got to be kind of high on Najee Harris as well. Najee Harris seven times. He was stopped at the one yard line without wow. scoring that same drive led the NFL uh, in that stat. Unfortunately, I think that's due to regress in a big way. I know he's not as efficient as some of these other guys, but again, fantasy is a volume game. And I think his efficiency is going to bump back up. Uh, and I, and I think they've done some good stuff. The Steelers with the offensive line as well, back to back years with seven rushing touchdowns. I think that could go up. I mean, he had 74 catches in his rookie year. I think we could get closer to that, uh, that role, or at least an ink at least more than 41 he had last year. So uh, consistent with the touchdowns, consistent with the workload. He just gets the ball a ton. Give me Najee Harris as my number five fantasy football running back. Right? Yeah. I, I, I also, I, I mean, I like him. I, he finished 14th last year. And I think you, if you specifically zoom in to when Kenny Pickett started playing well, you see Najee Harris start to play, play a little bit better. So the trending towards the end of the season certainly makes me feel better about Najee Harris than worse. I, I will say I'm higher on Jalen Warren than you. Uh, I think, you know, the, the, it's, he, he's a clear complimentary back. I've called him Austin Eckler 2.0. I do think the way that not the, I think they're going to find themselves preferring to use Najee as the, as the bell cow back and Warren as the, the change of pace guy. Hopefully Najee Harris can stay healthy. He's he's kind of Derek, is, this Derek is just Henry a, without the alien. This blood. is the touchdown thing. This yeah. is a three hundred plus carries thing. This is a fifty plus receptions. But uh, I also think they're just a team that seems, at least with Matt Canada, they seem like they have a preference to passing the ball around the goal line. I don't know if it's leftover yeah. Ben Roethlisberger funk or but what. Again, but again, the getting stopped at the one without scoring, I just that feels like it's gonna do. It's due to regress in a massive, massive way here for Najee Kramer. Who's your number five? Derrick Henry. Uh, this is the perfect spot for Derrick Henry. I am more than happy. Generally when the, the running backs start or the wide receivers start drying up in the second round of the draft, if I've drafted early and I've drafted one of the big, the big wide receiver guns, you know, what really looks nice on a team, Tyree kill and Derrick Henry, you know, what else looks nice on a team, Jamar chase and Derrick Henry. So there are, there are some nice pairings you can get with Derrick Henry. Obviously him and Nick Chubb's Nick Chubb kind of stand out as guys who I'm willing to look past the target restriction for, and they they're just, they can carry the load. They're going to get the goal line carries. They're going to be efficient. They're just good running backs. And it's hard. Like, I think we just don't pay enough attention to guys who are just good at running the ball. Uh, Nick Chubb, probably a little bit better than Derrick Henry, but just, they, they run, the, the run through the right hole, run through a motherfucker's face as so Derek, uh, Marshawn Lynch once said, well, uh, Derrick, I'll, I'll actually throw out both because you've already talked about Chubb, but Derrick Henry five, Nick Chubb six to me, like that's a tier in its own right there. It's called the, I'm happy to take these guys at the end of the second beginning of the, of the third round because they're the, they're the not sexy pick this year. 
They're a total not sexy pick. No one wants to have Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry on their on their team. But when we look at the end of the year and we see, oh shit, like Derrick Henry was fourth in points last year. <laughs> and it's like we're we're we didn't even kind of we don't even fancy his his year has a great year. Uh, that's insane. And then you look at Nick Chubb, he was sixth in points, Sean. And like I said, he had a stretch where he scored uh, under, I think he, a total yeah, of 26 points. points with like some down weeks in there. With the down Deshaun weeks Watson, with Watson stuff. coming back. Now, that, I guess the counterpoint would be he really didn't do as well with Watson as he did previous. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I but guess yeah. that to me is not like a, that's not a trend that makes sense, right? Like that's not something that but, but this I should, think like, is sustainable. Here's what kills me. Like this shouldn't be a hot take. Nick, like Nick Chubb has no backfield competition, Jerome Ford, sure, and neither does Derrick Henry. All right, but they drafted what Spears? Like, come on. So, the, to, for them to do what they did last year is considered a hot take this year because most people aren't putting them in their top ten. Well, that's why we're not like most people, Ryan. No, that's good. Out here in Las Vegas, Ryan, and that means the circus sports contests are just around the corner. I, it every year they outdo themselves. This year they're giving away what is this? Fourteen million dollars in guaranteed prizes. Circuit Million contest is awesome. We talk about it every episode on our NFL podcast. Picking five games a week against the spread, and then Circus Survivor. Oh man, it is uh, NFL Survivor on steroids. So fun to play, and the the best part is you don't have to be in Las Vegas to play. You do have to come out to Las Vegas to sign up. But again, that's pretty easy and a great excuse to visit circus sports again, enter in Vegas, play from anywhere, head over to circusports.com for all the details. Okay. Kramer. So you've given out up to six. Yes. So I have Eckler McCaffrey, Barkley, Bijan, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, top yeah. six. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's uh, what do we got here? Oh, a little late Christian, no, Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris coming in at number six, currently unsigned. Saquon Barkley. As much as I want to throw a little shade at Saquon Barkley, I think you can't. Even as a as, as a, a shade master myself, I still got to put him in the top ten. Six feels like a a good spot here for him. Again, I think the Giants' offense is going to slightly regress. Uh, maybe some missed games injury wise for Barkley. Not trying to put that out there. Mm, it sounds like you are, but he's had some issues over the years. Uh, coming off a season where he played all sixteen, I, yeah, I again, kind of an outlier touchdown wise. Uh, you know, he had ten previous years, two zero six, and then eleven. So a little bit of an outlier there. Maybe that goes no, back. Offense was in the red zone a bit more. That helps. Yeah. Uh, that's certainly true. Again, in, in I, fairness, I, he was pretty. Uh, he was up there in red zone carries. Yes, this to me is just a projection of being slightly down on the Giants' offense compared to what they did last year. Fair. So six makes sense. Giving him his flowers. Enjoy Saquon. You're number six on Sean Green's list. Beautiful. All right. Uh, number seven. What do you got? Uh, going back to the target thing. Uh, I'm definitely higher on this guy than the world. I told you that he would start to cut. He was in the fourth round and then it was the third round. And I, I, I keep saying he's going to be a second round pick by, by the time September gets here Ramondre Stevenson. Now you're seeing shade about time. Like there's they've never, all right. They've not often had bell cows in new England, but that doesn't mean they don't want to have a bell cow. I don't understand this take that just because there's another guy on the roster who might be a pass catching back 
it's going to take away from what Ramondre Stevenson did last year. Sean, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I like the like those backs with five targets per game. Guess what? Ramondre Stevenson, 5.2 Ooh. a game. Uh, he only had down the stretch, starting in week seven, his targets were eight, seven, seven by week, six, 10, eight, three, three, five, four, six. Very much a part of the passing game. And quite frankly, I'm not sure what this offense is going to look like. I know they got a couple tight ends who can run around. I know well, that. And, and again, New England, it's always a little bit interesting. They're, they're mixing things up uh, there this year. They're using an offensive coordinator, it's, which, which great, might help. <laughs> yeah, which could, but I'll, maybe they're doing different stuff. Maybe Pierre Strong gets uh, I, a little I like bit Pierre more strong, too. I, I, I just couldn't find a clear positive case for Ramondre. Like they just seemed, yeah, no, I, I guess in my head, it, it was just like, there's a lot of moving parts in that Patriots offense. Right. Yep. And yeah, I just couldn't get him into the top 10. I don't hate him though. I, well, I feel what, like I don't have much of him in best ball. Though. Where did he finish last year? Fantasy points, fantasy points. If you had to guess, I got it in front of me. Uh, I'm going to say eighth, seventh. Okay. Qu- quietly top seven. So again, I'm not suggesting anything crazy here. And wh- why do you think that? Why do you think the market is is more down on him, Ryan? Because I think they're because of what you said. The typical like, well, Pierre Strong's fun. Yeah, and 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 at some they're point just, they're they're getting cute and talking themselves out of it. I mean, a, a team showed their willingness to do this last year. Now you could argue new offense. Maybe Bill O'Brien comes in and and changes things up. But also, like Pierre Strong's fun, and but we also were like hard into the FCS that year. Yeah. And he's like, a, he's an FCS guy. <laughs> no, like, I, I just, t- to me, it's like there, there's a lot of variables and it, it just, cre- it creates some opportunities for him not to get back to where he was. Well, like there's just, there's not as much consistency. All right. Ty, Ty Montgomery, who is a uh, undrafted free agent. Yeah. I don't see Ty Montgomery uh, doing much for that. He, he, he's one of the guys that's going to steal some of the pass catching work. And then you appear strong and Kevin Harris. JJ Taylor. I, I just think that sometimes you have a running back that's just better than all the other ones. And I think this team, I don't, they don't have like, what, what are you getting excited about? Is it, it, it the receiving like, room? It, it does feel like running back. If you're going to win big and best ball, even in some managed leagues, high stakes, whatever, feels like your bread's going to be buttered with running backs this year. Like having, because the running back, I, I mean, just even looking at your list, you're making good points here. I, I just think there. If you nail the running backs, I think your your ceiling is crazy, right? Because it seems like there's running backs. There's the most uh, differentiating opinions market wise. Yeah, and it's also the whole like in general. I have the opinion that I probably like the second guy on a team more than the first guy when you factor in their ADP. Yeah, but that's just because they get hurt. And you know, if you're playing best ball, you're kind of playing a different game with the running backs in that. You're like in manage. Absolutely. I, I even prefer, I, I'm more going to lean towards some of these running backs that I, that I know are going to have these, these point outputs early in the season. Like I still understand how zero RB works, but the, the reality is that much like every other trend, like the zero RBs sometimes don't hit. Like if the top guys do hit and I understand that the, the, the way it works, but we're kind of looking at a crop. Like when, as I'm drafting these, best ball teams, especially there's a huge crop of guys. It doesn't feel like rounds three through six, like last year where there's a bunch of 
you know, optimistic cases being made. To me, it was hard to get a top 10 made here because I think there's a lot of opportunity. Like, there's a lot more bell cows this year than typical. Hmm. For me, Ryan, number seven, uh, he was your, what did you, you had him number one. I'm Austin Eckler. Oh, this is a horrible take. Horrible take. It's got to be injury. Only injury. Injury. And this is a, this is a vibes thing. 100% vibes thing. You try and get traded out of your team. I think that has a huge impact, especially when you're bringing in a new offensive coordinator. We see it all the time. Business. no, business. we, but Ryan, we, how many times have we seen a new coach or a new coordinator comes in and the old guy doesn't get as much love as he did previously? Uh, because it's like, oh, he's not my guy. I didn't draft him with Austin Eckler. He's going to do that. Slight decline again. Stop not, it. I'm not saying he's not in my top 10. He's just seven. Uh, the problem, he's, I, I just don't, he's even himself said he doesn't want that insane workload. He didn't get the insane workload last year. It was all catches. Like I, they and they and and frankly, who did they add? Because Spiller wasn't the guy. Josh Kelly has. But I mean, been the guy. I, I just don't see the Kellen Moore offense throwing, getting. I just don't see a Kellen Moore offense getting Austin Eckler 107 catches. I don't see that happening. I think it's going to be 70 catches like he had in 2021. Okay, that's my prediction. Okay. I mean, he. I mean, you look at look at the rest of his career. He he never came anywhere close to 107. Uh, again, he, to, he, to me, it's just not sustainable. And you look at his yards per reception dropped dramatically. Well, that's the offense. I think what you're going to see is receptions go down, uh, yards per catch goes up. I think you're also ignoring the so, fact that he's now in a bet on himself. Incentives were added to the contract. Yeah, but bet if you're a running yourself, back, you can't call year. your own plays. You don't think Austin Eckler? I don't think he's going to run hard. I think he's pissed at the team. Have he, you have you watched his interview? He's in a contract year. He's what are you pissed. talking about? He's this is pissed. a hard, yeah, This is like your dump the Gatorade uh, talk when the team's about to play for a championship. What? Uh, like when you 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 leverage the dump the Gatorade when they're about to play After another no Bowl. when they're about to play another really important game. Not not in football. You've done I this. Think, you debuted his, this in the NBA. <laughs> I think his his numbers are going to be similar to twenty twenty one. So. Again, 70 catches is a huge difference compared to 107. Yeah, I agree. So you think he, how many how many catches you got Austin? I uh, I think he has 100 catch potential. I'd be surprised if he I'll had, take the under. What's the number you think? Do we have a do we have an Eckler number? I'll I'll see if I can pull it up on underdog, but I I'll uh I'll take the uh, t- 25% uh, on Eckler right now in case you're wondering my your, best your ball best ball percentage. Yeah. Um, I, again, I don't it, best ball is such a different animal because the upside case is there. I'm just splitting the difference and saying seven, four and a half receiving touchdowns, eight and a half rushing touchdowns, 775 rushing yards, no receptions prop. I, I would certainly take over on 70. Uh, if we were to set the number at set in the seventies, let's say 78 and a half, I would take the, I just think he's going to have tremendous potential. And again, I, I'm not one to throw shade, but he is a guy that has the 300 touch thing that I don't, he's not a Derrick Henry, right? So he's coming off 107 catches, uh, 204 carries. That's 311. That's where traditionally no, you've seen. It's not it. It's 400 and it's 300. Yeah. It's, it's over. It's 370 carries or touches. This is my own metric. Okay. And my metric it. says Austin Eckler slightly Got down. It. All right. I, I, again, very hot. <laughs> Uh, you hate when I have non-math takes, but I've had non-math no, I, takes the entire show. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I'm just calling it a hot <laughs> take. All right, number eight. 
What do you got? Uh, perhaps this is hot. You ready for a spicy one? Yeah. Uh, kept getting moved up my rankings, up my rankings. You, you look at the amount of goal line carries that Dalvin cook had last year. Oh, yeah, I, I'll jump in real quick. He's not on my list because I just, we don't know where he's, what team he's going to be the fit, oh, whatever. No. Dalvin cook's okay. not who I'm talking about. Oh, wow. Okay. 16 goal line carries oh vacated on the Minnesota Vikings, a <laughs> metric fuck ton of targets, AKA uh, it's TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. It's Justin Jefferson and then Alexander Madison, baby. So we'll talk about it when we do our receiver episode. And I mentioned it with Kirk cousins. I did think Justin Jefferson ran cold as far as expected touchdowns. So I think he gets some of those, but to your point, there's still a, a massive opportunity. Now all the deep fantasy guys are making rumblings about the second and third running backs in Minnesota and Alexander Madison's explosiveness. But when in doubt, I, I lean opportunity and he has a massive opportunity. This is what I'm talking about for running backs. Like if you get some of these, these back, you know, the um, non-consensus second half of the top 10, if you get some of these guys, right? Like you're going to, you're going to win your league. You're going to, you're going to be like destroying in best ball. If you can get these kind of next level running backs, right? It's there's not many guys in the same ballpark. And by the way, the, if you, if you expand inside the 10, uh, Dalvin cook, 22 carries miles Sanders, 20, 23, uh, more vacated stuff for Jalen hurts, the quarterback Uh, to to just reflect on your Austin Eckler point. He did. he, He did have 22 carries inside the 10, which is crazy. Like they just used the shit out of him. But yeah, back to the guy I'm using. Uh, I, I think if he slots in and he ranks in the top 10 the slot, in goal line slot. carries. And I mean, we've seen him. He's st- we, we don't know that Dalvin cook was still good. We don't know that Dalvin cook was any better than Alex Madison last year. I mean, we, we, we've always been of the, the claw. It's like, Hey, you know, maybe different haircuts. So we know which guys in the game that tells me that maybe they won't miss Dalvin cook at all. And again, when you're Dalvin cook and you get 16 carries inside the five and you only score six touchdowns, that same comment about Justin Jefferson's positive touchdown regression would be said about the running back position for the Vikings as well. Yeah. To only score six on 16 carries from inside the five is not a very good ratio. Uh, For for perspective, Derrick Henry scored on 10 of his 15 carries. (laughs) So I I love, I, I, the more I've, I've walked through this process, the more that I I like Alex Madison as a guy. I mean, I mean, certainly pluck he's going in the fifth round of these best ball drafts right now. I be putting him here, essentially saying I'm probably okay. starting to look at him in the third round. I, I I certainly have him juiced up because I want to draft him as much as possible. Uh, Cause again, Dalvin cook was a first round pick last year. Bottom line for me. Again, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison didn't make my list. You make a compelling case about Madison. I do have him in some shares there in best ball. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, number eight, and I've been drafting him a ton. This to me is just, uh, uh, it's just the perfect situation. Miles Sanders of the Carolina Panthers. Again, this is this is a workhorse role. You're not going to see. Uh, Chuba Hubbard uh, getting you know that much oh, Matt more. Rules wife wife is out of town now. <laughs> He's got no preference with the coaches. Now maybe you're maybe you're slightly down the Panthers' offense, but look at the Eagles. Like he could have even had a a a much bigger year if they didn't have Jalen Hurts stealing his goal line carries. If they didn't have Kenny Gainwell, uh, AJ Brown catching a ton of passes. Like 
they brought him in. They paid him a bunch of money to give him a, a ton of work. Like they've, I don't always like to say the the capital argument, but this to me is like, they spent a lot well, to they, get him in did. here. They did spend a lot and they're going to use the shit out of him. And we saw, I'm not predicting him having a Jonathan Taylor type role, but if you look at Frank Reich, some of those awesome Jonathan Taylor years were when Frank Reich was calling that offense. How do you, I mean like Jonathan Taylor, his year, uh, the year Carson Wentz played, he was really good. And I imagine he's, he brought in miles Sanders to help Bryce young you know, to help set him up, right? Like get him some easy play action, get him some good opportunities. He's also a good goal line back. And I think that's, yeah. if you're Carolina, you know, one of the ways to simplify the offense for the quarterback is don't put him in spots where he's passing inside the five when the field's tight, make sure you have a guy that can just smash it in. So I don't hate the case. I certainly, you know, again, Smash. when you when you're building your team the quote right way and drafting receivers first, you do have a nice opportunity for some of these running backs towards the fifth, sixth round, fourth, fifth, sixth round, where you know the miles guys who have no real competition for work, uh, just going because we're unsure of how the situation will play out. All right, what's next? I've I've gone up to eight. Where are you at, Ren? I'm on nine. Okay. Fire. Uh, again, Josh Jacobs. I, I was, I didn't, I, it was, it's so hard to get him outside. Like, it, I know he he's, I have him just outside like 11 to me, the, the case against Josh Jacobs. And it's not a, it's not a great math case. It's just, I don't, he doesn't seem to me like a guy that can have back-to-back career years where we've seen it with guys like Derrick Henry, where they have all those carries, all those touches, and they're able to do it again. It's tough to really, really build a case against Josh Jacobs, but I, I, to me, it's just, it's, it's a bigger um, bet against the, the Raiders offense. He, he had more targets than you remember in the passing game. He averaged almost four a game. Uh, he didn't have a ton down the stretch, but I, I just, I, I, what is it going to be? Zamir white? Like who, where, yeah. where is no, it going? He's another guy that to your point, Ryan, and I didn't have this handle before we started this podcast, but there are a lot of bell cow opportunities for these running backs. You know, we, we seemingly had gotten it away, gotten away from it with all these specialty guys. But again, you know, miles Sanders, Najee Harris, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon, like Derek Henry, we, we are starting to see almost the return of the bell cow back of these guys who get the majority but, of the work. And I'm sure neither of us have Mixon in our top 10. No, but, but he's he's another guy. But be careful cuz he checks the box for, you know, just ability to carry the load. What they gave to him last year, he did score 55 points in a single game, yeah. which was part Kinda of it, but throws things off. But it, but from a target perspective, he was getting that work. So yeah, I mean, he Joe Mixon, fun fact, one of the one of the uh I think it's seven guys who averaged five targets or more last year. So Anyway, so that yeah, so I I I put I almost submitted Josh Jacobs in here because what happens is same situation. There's a lot of these drafts where in the third round, I've maybe taken Nick Chubb in the second round, and it's like, well, shit, I can pair Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs with Tyreek Hill. That that seems okay. It seems like again, you said what with running back, it's about opportunity, and running backs unique in that the handcuffs will get the same opportunity. Which, which makes it why that's why the receiver is more valuable. You don't see that with the wide receiver position, but with Josh Jacobs, we saw last year that in a lot of those games for DFS, you could play 
Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams together. And they could, they, they both put up, there were a couple of games where they, they, they put up combined 70 point games. And so if you can, if you're, if, if the offense in the state, it was last year can carry that kind of weight. I'm not a big Derek Carr guy. I don't think they're going to take a huge step back no matter who the quarterback is. And if anything, if the quarterback is not as good, it gives me more yeah. faith that Josh Jacobs is going to have to be leaned on. So I have no problem having no clue who the quarterback is for the Raiders and still putting uh, Tom Brady. putting some of their players in the top 10. And then, yeah, maybe Tom Brady comes out of <laughs> retirement and you hit the fucking jackpot. Uh, me for number nine. Just uh, my squad is all dogs. Dog. Damian Pierce, true dog. Uh, 13 games. He still had what? 939 yards, 220 carries. He just runs so damn hard there in uh, down in Houston. Again, I know they, they brought in Singletary, but I still think it's a, it's a more or less a bell cow situation. I wouldn't be surprised again, rookie quarterback. You, you figure out ways to give him easy completions, AKA checking down to guys like Damian Pierce. Yeah. I know they brought in Devin Singletary, but I just don't see him taking away meaningful carries from Damian Pierce. We talked about him as a as a nice uh, long shot there, thirty to one to lead the league in rush yards. Love that. I, I think he's a guy who just thrives on opportunity, keeps his feet chopping the entire time. Chop, chop, chop. This is he's just Damian Pierce is just classic eye test. I mean, we saw it leading up into preseason. Just oh, oh holy shit, this guy wants to play. And, and I think that's continued through his entire rookie season. I see him making a nice jump here in year two. So Damian Pierce, just love this guy uh, again. And even if the Houston offense just gets slightly better, he had five touchdowns last year for uh, rushing one receiving. If he, he can, he get double digit uh, rushing touchdowns. I don't think that's out there out of the realm of possibility uh, projecting a nice year from a boy, Damian Pierce. Uh, it sounds like you're joining me being a little bullish on the Texans. He's also my number 10. Okay. To me, there's a whole bunch of guys here. Same kind of range. Uh, yes, it seems like we both found a way to leave Tony Pollard off. I will say Tony Pollard did pop in a lot of those explosive, uh, those spreadsheets. You know I was looking popped at. his leg. His leg popped. Great <laughs> I mean, call. Come on. But with back to Damian Pierce, what I really liked is hearing about how, you know, when he found out the coaching changes and the new offense, he immediately started studying film of Christian McCaffrey and other running backs who have played in the system. Of course, they are going to be running the Niners offense. And I think in general, that gets you excited about a running back. And I know that you will hear people say, well, they signed Devin Singletary to come in and help with the passing game. Yeah. What I've seen read about Damian Pierce's work ethic, what he's brought to OTAs, he is bringing a, quote, ferocity to his blocking that we did not see last year. Yeah, so maybe I, even I, more pass game role. I think that they are expecting him to be a bell cow. I think Singletary was brought in with a little insurance in mind. There was not a massive investment there. And this is a system that has always had to have, it's always good to have a backup because you plan to use the shit out of your running back. And so if Damian Pierce can hold up, he did get hurt last year. If Damian Pierce can hold up, I do think there's going to be opportunity in this offense. The Texans offense will surprise some people this year. And I did rank Damian Pierce one spot ahead of Jonathan Taylor. So <laughs> to me, they're, they're similar cases though. They're, they're obviously going to be a heavily featured piece of their offense. I like the Texans offense better than the AFC South is just interesting. As far as like, I, who's the best defense in the AFC South? Uh, it's, it's pr probably, you have to say the Colts. Yeah. I, 
but still like Titans. I'll go Titans. I feel like any, yeah. Titans at least talent wise and Vrabel as their coach, but I feel like you could put up 30 on any of these AFC South teams. If you're a decent team for me, my final uh, fantasy football running back number 10 spot. Give me James Connor. I, I have a soft spot for him. No Kyler Murray uh, rushing at least probably in the first half of the season to compete with. Uh, this is a great quote. James Conner doesn't care if nobody believes in the Cardinals. He, he seems fired up this year. Exciting part is the quote prove people wrong. Whoever they trot out there, a quarterback, uh, I could see him getting used more in the passing game. He's a guy who thrives on opportunity. You don't have to speculate. After the bye week, no Kyler. He, uh, in a four game stretch, Sean, he had 23 targets. Yes. That's insane. Uh, so, that- and what, is, what has changed? Uh, let's see. They got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Like, like he's going to get more targets. I'll tell you what I've been doing in best ball. It's very easy to get Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, and James. Conner. Yeah. And if you're looking in underdog uh, week 17 game stack with the Eagles. So it's, he's a fun bring back. He's great. And maybe back. that's why he's, he's, he's on my radar here at number 10, but I, I think it's a great role. Great situation for him. Again, their offense isn't going to be amazing, but if you want to, if I just have a feeling next year we'll be looking at who did what last year and we'll go, James Conner caught 65 passes or something like that. And you're like, ah, oh, their offense sucked, but it, it it's just an opportunity. Like they don't have that many good skill players who they can rely on. Like you're drawing up a game plan. You're Jonathan. Uh, I actually think he's going to have more. You're than Jonathan. That. I'm just laughing at Jonathan Gannon coming up with the game plan, right? You're Jonathan Gannon drawing up a game plan. Uh, hey, wait, who's our best skill player? Who's their best skill player on that offense? Well, you data to back it up. Josh Jacobs averaged under four targets a game. He ended up with uh, 64 total targets. Uh, James Conner averaged almost five targets a game down the stretch here. Yeah. So uh, I'm with you. I think not only that, obviously the case against is the offense could really, really suck, but who else are they giving the ball to? Right, yeah, like it's he, just he who, seems fired up too, a little bit uh, like Jamal Williams last year. Real quick, he didn't make my top ten, but we really should mention it because one thing that did stand out when I was looking at the vacated goal line carries inside the five carries, we won't talk about how Zeke got nineteen. We won't <laughs> talk about Tony Pollard. in reference to Tony. Pollard. Malik, that ankle is- by the way, Malik Davis. The way that you play your cowboy mm. is you draft Malik Davis at the end of the draft. No one knows who he is. He's the backup. Tony Pollard's not going to be obviously not going to be the same guy this year. Serious injury, but Jamal Williams had 29 carries inside. Repeat 29 oh. carries. I, I was talking earlier when I was saying Dal- Dalvin cook had 16. He was third 29 carries for Jamal Williams. So is this a David Montgomery, a pro David this Montgomery? Is a, tip? This is well combine that with the fact that Deandre Swift also averaged five targets a game. That tells me that I love Jameer Gibbs. Oh, Jameer Gibbs. I love. I was thinking more of the going. touchdowns. I love David. David Mon- I love David Montgomery where he's going. Yeah. So uh, I, I couldn't get him in just, though because just there's two kind of, of Yeah, they 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 ate into each other's workload. Same with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Like they're very and, depressed value. And that was my take on Bijan and Algier. Oh. I think they eat into each other's work. Neither will be a top ten. To me, the different like this to me, Bijan is closer to Jameer Gibbs, and Jameer Gibbs is only a couple ticks down on the list here, uh, because of what they can do in the passing game. Kramer, we did it. Gave out the uh, top ten fantasy football running backs again. Stay tuned for our series. What's coming up next, Kramer?
Uh, next, I believe we have tight ends. Oh, my favorite. Love a good tight end. Love talking tight end. Love talking ball. As always, uh, make sure you that subscribe button, youtube.com slash sports gaming podcast. Download us, to, uh, turn on the auto downloads. Football is here. The summer is here. Let's go, baby. Uh, toss us a nice rating review over on Apple Podcasts. Five stars are appreciated. Thank you for participating in the Sports Gambling Podcast. For the Sports Gambling Podcast, I'm Sean, second the money green, and he's Ryan. And Austin Eckler, not going to be number seven. Kramer, let it ride. <laughs>